how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. A former UCF football player is seeking donations after his dispute with the NCAA. I can't play college football, no more scholarship, can't pay for school. Declared ineligible this week when he refused the NCAA's compromise of leaving UCF and his football out of YouTube videos where he does make ad revenue. Starting today, the NCAA is changing its long-held policy and will allow athletes to make money from their name, image, and likeness. You might think football, basketball players, they stand to make the most money. But all athletes stand a chance to get paid well, especially those with a significant social media following. As of July 1st, college athletes can now make money off their name, image, and likeness. And this now means that all the college athletes out there who have followings on social media can actually monetize it. So we actually covered this story right when the news broke in our Creator Economy newsletter called The Published Press. And... In that, we talked about how this was a massive deal because it essentially expands the size of the creator economy. So if you're a creator yourself or interested in the creator economy, there's a lot to unpack here about how this is going to affect the future. And in this episode, we're going to speak with a college athlete who's starting to monetize his brand. Mitchell Pelkey is a rising junior on the Buckeyes lacrosse team, but most people know him for his YouTube channel. Now on this week's episode, because it's all about college athletes monetizing their brands, we're actually having a college athlete sub in for Colin to roll the intro. Let's welcome Sedona Prince of Oregon Basketball to roll the intro. Hey, I'm Sedona Prince and Colin and Samir pay me to roll this intro. (laughs) So prior to this deal, here's how the exchange worked. You're a talented athlete. We're going to offer you a scholarship. So basically, we're going to pay for your school. Is this a hypothetical? Because I, I was a talented athlete. I yes, did play. but you did I not. Did, I did play. I can confirm you did not get an offer like this. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a college athlete, basically a coach comes to you and says, hey, we'd like you to play at our university. And in exchange for that, we're going to give you a scholarship to the school, which basically means we'll pay for you to go to school here. You're not seeing any dollars, but we will cover your tuition at the school. We'll also give you a meal plan so your food is taken care of and we'll give you uh, housing probably, like some dorm on campus. Outside of that, that's the end. Now, the value to the school is (laughs) attracting a ton of students, building the brand of the school. They will put you on billboards. They'll sell a media rights deal for millions of dollars for you to play on ESPN, but your compensation ends at will pay for your school. The reality is they are exploiting athletes most of the time, right? Like that seems to be the situation is that like they're the NCAA and colleges were able to take advantage of athletes during their time at the school. In 2018, Alabama football made a $48.2 million profit for the school. And the players got none of that. I always thought this when I was watching the college football national championship or March Madness, like these are massive advertising events the players are the stars and they're like the faces of these events and they don't get a dollar. And at any moment, their scholarship can be taken from them and they are no longer a student. 
nor an athlete, and they really have nothing. On YouTube, we've actually seen this come up as well. We interviewed Ryan Trahan recently on this channel. Ryan Trahan was a D1 runner at Texas A&M who had a YouTube channel that was promoting his own water bottle brand. They were telling him, you're going to have to choose between being an athlete or being a creator. There's no world where you can be both. They felt like it was a direct line of saying, I'm a Texas A&M runner, and I have this water bottle brand, and so people buy the water bottle brand because I'm a Texas A&M runner. One of the biggest examples was with Donald De La Haye, who is also known as Destroying on YouTube. I mean, this was huge news, like all over ESPN, mm-hmm. University of Central Florida kicker, who had a YouTube channel that also had to make that choice. And he ended up, like Ryan, choosing YouTube. Well, the reality is, like, it's kind of uncertain if you're going to go pro. And the important thing to note here is social media monetization and the opportunities that come with building your brand on social media are really serious. Like those are vast. It's almost infinite right now, those possibilities. And there's a crazy amount of value that's created when you're a college athlete with a social media presence. And the thing is, a lot of college athletes already have massive followings on social media because they have huge built-in fan bases. Like Mm -hmm. the, the alumni base at University of Oregon is huge. And the distribution that some of these athletes get on mainstream media is also massive, even if it's a college in a small town, right? Where they don't have massive fan bases, they still are valuable to those communities. What's interesting is that athletes have been influencers before influencers were around. Mm. So the athletes at your school influenced what happened at the school. But now the concept, they're incentivized to scale that influence while in college through social media. It also safeguards you Uh, against the very likely reality that you do not become a professional athlete, right? Less than 2% of basketball players are drafted and even a fewer amount actually make viable careers, right, Mm -hmm. in the NBA. Your four years at college could actually be your most lucrative time now as an athlete, whereas before you you couldn't make any money. Like the shelf life of an athlete is just not long. Yeah. The shelf life of a creator, who knows? But it's longer. But it could be... Longer. It has the potential for being pretty long. Yeah. Now, because of this deal and because of the fact that college athletes are such good distribution, all the way from the biggest brands in the world down to, you know, your local restaurant in your community where your college is, deals were signed starting at midnight when this was announced. Clearly, the industry was ready for this. The the Cavinder twins, who are basketball players at Fresno State, they quickly signed a deal with Boost Mobile. Like right away. And I read an article that said that they have the potential to make more money than their head coach. So you're in this really interesting place where you can play for a team, but double up your coach's salary. And I think what we're going to see a lot of too is podcasts, vlogs. There's already two Nebraska basketball players who started a podcast called Off Court and it's already sponsored by a local bar. And some of the deal sizes are going to get really big. Like Unilever has already announced that they're going to spend $5 million with college athletes to promote their deodorant brand degree. There's so many different ways to monetize. The stuff that we're seeing really early on, brand deals. Brand deals are the foundation of the creator economy. This thing works because of advertising. That's what we're going to see a lot more of. Now, the other way we're seeing is Cameo. We opened up the show with Sedona Prince, who we we purchased that on Cameo. Mm -hmm. Um, Other college athletes... And launch merchandise. So Lexi Sun, who's a volleyball player at University of Nebraska, on June 30th filed a trademark for her logo and then the next day announced an apparel line. It's the way the creator economy works. One is brand deals and two is direct to consumer. 
a lot of these college athletes are going to start making brands, merch. What you start to realize is we're in the same business as them now. We're building a fan base and we're trying to monetize it through advertising, merchandise, and other ways that creators monetize, right? Direct-to-consumer offerings. We mentioned the Unilever $5 yeah. million dollar investment. Right. Hypothetically, if Unilever were to come to us, we would field some sort of offer mm -hmm. for a brand deal. Mm -hmm. But they're not coming to us. No. They are now going to college athletes. That's $5 million that will not be invested in people like you and I. And, and look, man, I could sell deodorant. E I don't think I could sell deodorant. Toothpaste? I don't think I could sell deodorant. Toothpaste, I think I could sell. <laughs> I got good teeth. But yeah, I think uh, the interesting thing here is that Dollar Shave Club, who works with a lot of influencers, if I'm Dollar Shave Club, I might hold out a lot of my budget until March Madness or mm -hmm. until some big moment because I'm like, I actually want the quarterback using Dollar Shave Club. I'm not yeah. positive I need five of these influencers doing it. I'll just spend all that money on this person because they have impact on their campus and they have impact on national television and they have impact in all these places. The creator economy, a massive part of it just shifted over to these creators who are just inherently more interesting. At least at that time. Yeah. It's going to be so fascinating to see. I'm curious when the first seven figure deal is going to get announced. I'm also looking forward to hearing some of these success stories mm -hmm. of, I just bought my parents a house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like That's how unbelievable that moment will be yeah. because college athletes are now able to make money off their name and likeness. So we actually caught up with a current D1 athlete, Mitchell Pelkey of Ohio State Lacrosse. When you got to Ohio State, were there any issues with you making YouTube videos? Was that an issue at all? I'd say the biggest thing when I got there was having to turn off all my monetization on my YouTube videos and stop selling my merchandise. I was really aware that after the whole destroying thing went down in I think 2017, but uh, when I got there, it was real. Like my compliance contact emailed me and she was like, as soon as you step on campus, you have to deactivate all these things. And, and that was definitely tough for me. Um, but obviously the end goal for me, and it always has been, is to play division one lacrosse and, and I didn't want to give up that dream. How significant was, you know, building merchandise and, and monetization on the channel prior to that? For the first years of college, I lived off the merchandise I sold in high school. It was tough because you spend all these hours uh, making these videos. And now just because I'm playing a sport at the next level means I can't make any money. Like it just didn't make sense to me. But at the end of the day, like I couldn't really fight the NCAA. So July 1st rolls around, like, was that something you were anticipating? Were you waiting for something like that? Did you hope something like that would happen? Like, what was your reaction to the news? Yeah, so it's definitely something I planned for. I couldn't go to sleep that night. Like, I was just so fired up to, like, the day finally came. It was like Christmas, like back in the day when you wake up and run down the stairs. And I uh, went to bed at, like, 11.45. I was like, all right, I got to go before all the madness goes down. And I remember waking up at, like, 4 a.m. And I was like, oh, let me check my Instagram. And I got a bunch of DMs from different companies and this and that. And I was honestly stressed out. Like, I had to look back and, like, take a step back. It's like, all right, look, NIL is here forever. Like, it, it'll be here forever. It started today, but it'll be here forever. There's no point of, like, rushing to get back to all these companies today. Like, kind of telling myself that definitely helped me out because it was just so much stuff. And it's like a video going viral. You're, like, getting all these ads and this and that. And it's just like, all right, relax. So basically for you now, like, the Mitchell Pelkey business and, and social media, how it'll be monetized now is you'll turn on, you'll turn back on YouTube monetization, which you, yep. I'm assuming you already have, right? Yep, yep. So you got, you got YouTube monetization. I'm assuming you'll fire up the merch again. Yep, already fired it up. Yeah. Already fired up the merch again. <laughs> oh, and my you finger got was firing brand. on July 1st. Like, <laughs> just, just monetizing everything.
So you got YouTube monetization, you got uh, merchandise, now you got brand deals, uh, which is a whole new world uh, for, for you. And yep. then are you going to get into anything else? Are you going to get into Cameo? Are you going to explore, you know, events? Like how, how else are you going to going to get into it? Or are those the three main ways you're going to monetize? Cameo, what I would say is the next thing. Um, and, and continuing to give lacrosse lessons virtually and in person is another thing. And soon enough, being able to start my own Mitchell Pelkey lacrosse camp is another one. And then just branching out, like, you know, emailing different companies, being like, hey, like, let me come out and, and, and make like behind the scenes vlog of like, hey, like this burger joint just released, like, let's go try it. And just different things like that, you know, personal appearances. I think there's so many different avenues on ways to make money being a student athlete. And I'm going to be completely honest when I say this, like you guys show me the ropes on how to like monetize um, a lot of my stuff. Like I was watching the Nelk video you guys put out the other day and like it just opened my brain up to being like, wow, like these guys started out like partying videos and now they have their own adult beverage and, and they can lead into so many different things. So like, I got to give a big shout out to you guys. Like you guys open my mind on a lot of this stuff. Thanks man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really happy this has happened. I'm super happy. Like I think college athletes should be able to monetize and oh. I'm super pumped about this and coming at a time where you can actually build an audience using the phone in your pocket. I think this is such a massive time because there's going to be some creators who don't even need to vlog. They just need to be on TikTok. They just have to pull out their phone and, and film some interesting stuff and film their workouts. Like I also think it's going to change how some athletes choose which schools they want to go to. Yeah. Cause you want to go to the interesting school. Like, now. Do I want to start at Fresno state or do I want to sit on the bench at Alabama? Mm. I don't like, know. Like actually. maybe I want to sit on the bench I, at Alabama yeah. so I can talk about what it's like to, to go to the university yeah, of Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might be more interesting so I can, yeah. So I can brand myself as an Alabama athlete. Yeah. People are generally interested in what college life is like. That, that's why college vlogging is basically its own category on YouTube. I mean, Elliot Choi did a video about life on campus at Harvard and it absolutely went nuts. I mean, he made $90,000 on that video alone. All of a sudden you can be a college athlete who goes from making $0 to if you play your cards right on YouTube, you can make like half a million dollars a year. But even if you're not a college athlete, college students are able to leverage <laughs> some of these right. brand names. Like the name of Harvard is internationally known. Mm -hmm. And internationally like aspirational yeah right so just by putting the name harvard in your title right people are interested mm -hmm. but if you're an athlete you can't make money off that until now until now yeah it's huge if a student is allowed to do a locker room tour at one of these at alabama football it would go crazy right those videos and, do go crazy yeah but and, they're put out by the schools or they're put out by the schools or they're put out by like some other brand. Yeah. Some like random complex or organization. Something. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah, like, wait, strange. they can make money on it. Like, it doesn't make any sense, but I don't know how much the schools will allow, but regardless of it, even if you did a morning routine before game day as a college quarterback. Right. And I think additionally, imagine you're out of college and you're like, I'm going to go to the film department and say, is there a kid here who can help me film and edit? That's what I would do if I was a college athlete right now. I'd immediately walk into the, if I'm at like SC or anything else, I'd be like, Hey, I'm looking for a filmer. You want some experience? You want to become the executive producer of my YouTube channel? I mean, young filmmakers are already working with the athletic departments. We've mm -hmm. seen that uh, LSU, like some of the yeah, cinematography yeah. coming out of LSU football was insane. Or Clemson, Clemson, or Clemson. Football. Yeah. But I would think if you're a young filmmaker at a school, I would much rather partner with an athlete yeah, because an you athlete. could work with them for the rest 
and of their you, career. And you can make money. Yeah. As that filmmaker, you can say like, hey, I'll split your AdSense revenue with you. Totally. That's what I would do for sure. So I think there's a couple of takeaways here. One is for college athletes. This is a massive opportunity, but I think it's really important to build your brand properly. Of course, like, listen, if, if you're in a situation where you, you know, you need, you need the money and you need to figure out ways to put together money, then, you know, by all means. But I think mentorship is going to be really important when it comes to college athletes becoming creators. Um, and maybe us as creators, I would love to be a part of that in some way, shape or form. I think the first thing we could do is give scholarships for our storytelling course. That would be really cool. Right. That's a great idea. Yeah. If you're a college athlete yeah. and, and you're watching, comment below and let us know yeah. what sport you play and where. So I also think there's an opportunity for brands to think about creative ways to say, let me actually, I can work with a college athlete, but let me pair them with a creator I've worked with before. That's where it's going to get really interesting, right? Where it's like, here's a college athlete, let me pair them with a creator. And that's actually going to help them help facilitate some level of mentorship or introduction to what it's like to be a creator. You know, like there's a world where those types of collaborations can happen and brands can be at the forefront of facilitating those collaborations. Now, potentially little known fact, Colin and I were both college athletes. Now we were both club collegiate athletes. I have no idea how this plays into being a club collegiate athlete. Potentially has no bearing on it at all. Um, But question for you, while you were a college athlete at the University of Colorado, what would you be excited about from a sponsorship perspective? Would it be local or would it be national sponsorship? Like what? Oh, what, local. I mean, local celebrity. Totally. All the way. Yeah. Like local bars, local restaurants. I agree. I think yeah. being a college student, if you didn't, if you weren't like the biggest, then for me, like I, I playing at UC Santa Cruz, there was a local pizza shop. Yeah. I would have loved to be sponsored by the local pizza <laughs> shop. There's multiple of these now, but it was called Woodstock's Pizza. Yeah. And I would have loved to be sponsored by Woodstock's Pizza. Everyone went there on Wednesday nights. It was super fun. If I was treated like differently, if I had my own table. Which the college athletes, the real college athletes actually were oh, you treated dropped real differently. In that. I'm yeah. just saying. No, you dropped a real there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I saw what you did there. You know, I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, check my stats, man. <laughs> so that's our take on college athletes being able to monetize their name, image, and likeness. And again, this was something that we covered in our Creator Economy newsletter, The Publish Press. So if you want to hear these stories, if you're interested in the creator economy, head to thepublishpress.com and you can subscribe there. You'll get newsletters into your inbox on every Tuesday and Friday. Before we end the episode in our interview with Eric, at the very end, we asked everyone who waited until the very end, the later gang, as we have since coined them, you, to comment a question below. And we said that we would answer it in a future episode. So here's a question that we got from the comments. This question's from Andre. He says, what are examples y'all have had of getting good at something you never wanted to do again? So we bring this up quite a bit, like as a point of advice for creators is don't get good at something you don't want to do. And uh, I would say that we developed a skill set of making long form documentaries, just you and I. And there was a time in our business where it was just you and I on the road with cameras and computers making very intensive documentaries, even to the point where we made one for NBC. It was you, myself, and one other editor. Those were some of the most grueling times of our lives, but it actually led us into doing more of that, where we said we could do this on a minimal budget because it's just us. But it was the closest thing to absolute burnout and just kind of horrible anxiety that I've ever experienced. It's very low. Very Super low, low points. Yeah. I mean, like so, we were excited that we pulled it off, 
but never want to do that again. We got too used to pulling it off with a really minimal crew. And so we kept thinking that we could do it again. And then we started getting more and more opportunities to do that, where it was, hey, Colin and Samir are going to show up with cameras and make a documentary. And I would love to make another documentary, but I would never do it again. Just you, me, and a minimal crew. You need a big budget to do the stuff that we were trying to do. All right. That was comment below. Also, shout out to the later gang. You all are the best. That really means a lot. It was so cool in our last video to see all the people who commented later, gang. That just means a lot to me. So thank you guys.